When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Alrighty, everybody. Welcome to the Barca Bloodgrounders podcast. My name is Josh. We are joined uh, by Emil Avanesian at Hardwood Hype on Twitter. Emil, how are we doing today? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm good. Uh, things have changed. Like, like I just mentioned to you before we started recording since the last time yeah. you and I have talked. Uh, I, I can't remember exactly when you and I chatted. I think it was a little over a month ago. And I'm pretty sure we were both, yeah, we were both thinking that uh, it was all smoke and mirrors. Barcelona aren't getting anybody. They're just playing games. Yeah. Uh, and uh, since then, they have signed Rafinha, Robert Lewandowski, Andreas Christensen. Uh, apparently, as of this morning, uh, and I'm excuse me for the pronunciation, Jules Kunde is that how you say his name? Yeah. Okay. Uh, he's apparently flying in for a medical. I think, according to Fabrizio, uh, if, if I'm remembering correctly. So I guess we're getting him now too. Yeah. And then also, uh, Dave Azpilicueta, like, I think we're just negotiating over, you know, nickels and dimes at this point with Chelsea for him. So he's probably on his way over. Yeah. And we re-signed Usman Dembele, who you and I consider one of the best few wingers in the world. Yes. What's happening? <laughs> well, I mean, the, I mean, I've said it so many times recently, like, if I never hear the words like economic levers again or financial levers again, do you understand um, the levers? Because I got so tired of hearing about it without understanding look, it. I actually I mean, read about it last week, and I kind of get it now. It's basically, it's the levers of selling your soul. Yeah, no, I mean, like, look, they, they put, like, a weird... And I, I was always wondering, I'm like, I don't know if it's some kind of, like, Spanish or Catalan idiom or something, or, like, if there was just some sort of weird, like, translation thing. Because they're like, we're activating financial levers. I'm like, I don't know, it just sounds like you're selling assets. But, like cool i guess um but can it sound that way in like my personal life when i'm having to like sell furniture to play the like to pay the mortgage if we go into a recession i'm just like i'm activating the lever honey i'm selling the master bedroom set we can afford the mortgage i I do want to do something like that yeah because like it's it's great it makes it sound like so much more kind of intricate and like technical and not just like selling things but um so yeah i mean i guess they sold was it 25 percent of TV revenue for 25 years for, I guess, ballpark of like half a billion or something. And then. So um, is this like, and again, if you don't know the answer to this, feel free to pass, but I'm just thinking out loud. This feels like some sort of like sugar rush. Like what's going to happen in three years? Like, are we, are we selling our souls for the short-term future or like the 20 year down the line future? So like, yeah, I I go back and forth a lot because like the, this whole thing just, just on its face and just as it's as it unfolds like day-to-day moment to moment just makes me so uncomfortable because it just it totally feels like you know you're tapping the tapping the equity in your house to like go buy a watch and you know like or you know just to go buy a car and you know but a car that you don't you know 
you don't absolutely need, you know, that kind of thing. And so I think a little bit, yeah, like it's, you know, Juan Laporta is just like, just on a, he's on a heater, you know, like he's just, he's, he's, he's living life and just, you know, balling out. But, um, so I think a little bit, yeah, it is a little bit kind of short-sighted. Like you, you raise all of this money and immediately proceed to just, you know, fling it all over the place. I mean, I guess there's, there's a couple other, I guess, counter arguments to that, which are the, the one thing that Laporta has said that I'm actually pretty kind of sympathetic to and makes a lot of sense to me is, you know, he was saying like, you know, football moves very quickly. So if we're, you know, we, we got bounced unceremoniously from the Champions League last year. You know, we haven't won the league in and three the Europa years. League. Sorry, just had to say. Yeah, that. well, and the Europa League. No, I mean, first, like, we got bounced from the Champions League, then the Europa League, <laughs> and then, um, and you know, they haven't won the league in three years. And you know, Messi left, and Neymar was, you know, kind of the the way in which Neymar was stolen. You know, I, I say stolen, but like, kind of, you know, purchased away from the club was like, you know, PSG throwing around, you know throwing around its weight in a way that Barca just couldn't, couldn't rival. So I understand that you can't be kind of in the wilderness for too long, even if you are Barca. Um, so I get the, you know, sort of steps had to be taken. Like you need to kind of consolidate yourself as ideally a quarterfinalist or potentially better in the Champions League, like if that's at all possible. So I get all that, but at the same time, I mean, I think this team, even as is, was, I mean, in my mind, you know, just a a lock to return to the Champions League, uh, you know, this coming year, advance out of a Champions League group um, and, you know, kind of have another year of consolidation. I guess like the one good thing is like some of those mega mega contracts that were given out under the Bartomeu regime have either been like the decks have been cleared. So like, you know, Griezmann's gone. Um, Coutinho's gone. Uh, Dembele's contract is different. Yeah. So they restructured him and he's not costing nearly as much and he's good, you know, like, so, yeah. so you don't <laughs> mind having him around. Um, the but, one you know, guy that is still under the, and I was going to transition into this, yeah. uh, so Frankie de Jong still has a pretty big contract that they yeah. agreed to sign him to, that they proposed mm-hmm. to him. Um, yeah. Does it leave a little bit of a bad taste in your mouth uh, that they're spending all this? Again, it's right now it's fake money, right? I'm assuming these are being yeah. paid in somewhat installments, but still like big numbers. If you're Frankie, yeah. uh, does this leave a bad taste in your mouth yes. <laughs> that they're trying to nickel and dime you? And now I, I guess there would, I'm, I'm going to have to uh, find my reports from this. But I want to say, yeah, Frankie, like there's been reporting in the last couple of days that him and Xavi have been t- talking and that there's optimism that Frankie, quote, understands the situation and is perhaps willing to take a pay cut. Um, I know there's intricate levels to this, and I know that a wage bill is different than a transfer fee. Uh, yes. But it's just still weird, just like it was with Dembele last year. <laughs> yeah. I mean, no, if I was Frankie de Young, I would be pissed just because, like, you're just – you've spent – what is that? I mean, I guess, like – well, like 150 million on three new guys and, you know, you're paying wages and, you know, 
meanwhile, like anytime it comes to me, every conversation is about just how much money there's not. So like, no, I mean, I would just honestly like, and, and I understand he's in the prime of his career and like, you know, he doesn't want to just kind of do the, you know, do kind of the petulant thing and collect the money and not play and whatever. But why don't you just be like, no, you guys, listen, it might not have been you personally, Juan, but you know, the, the man who your predecessor signed me to a legally binding contract and I really like it here. My fiance loves it here. No, I'm not going to Manchester for less money or, you know, sticking around for less money. I'm not going to Manchester for more money. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Or, you know, yeah. Like, or I don't want to go to Manchester for more money and I'm not going to stay here for less, like pay your bills, you know, like you guys like, yeah. I mean, I would not, it, 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 it's infuriated me now for, I guess the entire time. And it was done to Debele and now it's being done to DeYoung. I mean, it's. Here's the thing. It sucks. Like, but this, at the same time, like, like, but this constant like public shaming by, you know, Laporta of, you know, just any player who's unwilling to, you know, basically blog for the exposure for Barca um, is somehow unwelcome and defiling the crest or something. And here's the thing. I hate it. Like in 12 months though, like it's kind of working. Like he's getting what he wants, isn't he? Oh and yeah. That sucks. Listen, like, but like, look, it's gotta be great to be Juan Laporta. And here's like, what we talked thing. about. You and I <laughs> talked about this over and over again with Dembele. Like, isn't this situation going to make players not want to come to Barcelona? We both thought yes. Yeah. And we were both clearly wrong. Yeah. And look, <laughs> I'm, I'm happy to be wrong. Like in that sense, like it's, it's much better. To I can't for... believe we were wrong though. Like I cannot believe Robert oh, Lewandowski yeah. shoved his way out of Bayern Munich to come to Barcelona. Like that's crazy to me. Yeah. Look, I mean, and I don't know, like the, and part of it, I wonder, look, I mean, obviously there is a lot of prestige in, you know, Barca and Camp Nou and like the history and playing for Xavi and, you know, all this stuff. And, you know, also if you're part of the, the core that sort of uh, restores Barca to some level of past glory, you will probably be, you know, just revered in this city for for a long long time so there's a lot of upside in that and i mean i do wonder though like i mean it's on some level i guess if you're coming into barca now you just kind of have to you have to know what the deal is right like they're just when i don't know when the when the winds turn or if you're not playing well or you know whatever like the the next time like a big debt payment comes due or something you will be vilified and publicly shamed for having the temerity to accept your paycheck and you know i mean i guess that's i guess that's the deal in exchange i guess being super rich and living in barcelona would be pretty sweet like i'm not rich and living in barcelona is pretty awesome so um Okay, let's let, let's switch things to on the mm-hmm. pitch a little bit because it, yep. it's like a it's like a little more. Maybe we can we're reading the tea leaves of a couple of preseason games now. Um, if if I had mm. to ask you today, who's your preferred 
attacking three mm -hmm. right now with with our myriad yes. of attackers. <laughs> I mean, it's tough. I mean, we're it's really hard. I thought I knew before the Real Madrid game, and then I watched the Real Madrid game. I watched some of the Juventus game, and now I have a completely different opinion than I had two weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm gonna say. Yes, I mean three up front. I mean, I'm always I'm I'm super partial to to Ansu Fati. Um, now I don't know if his injury history is gonna preclude him from playing out wide. Because um, I, I do feel like at some point they're gonna have to move him into the middle just to kind of save his save his legs to a certain extent and keep him from aggravating or picking up new injuries, but. But if, if we assume that for the time being, he's, you know, he's basically healthy and, and good to go on, on the left. I mean, I'd go Ansu, Lewandowski. God, that third one's tough. Um, I mean, I'd maybe put Dembele there, but, you know, you can just based on the, from, from one hour to the next, you could probably talk me into different things. Uh, where are you at with this? I... I would have said what you just said yeah. before. And then I like, here's the thing. I hadn't watched any Rafinha. I'm not mm. going to lie and say that like I'm watching Leeds mm -hmm. United, like <laughs> scouting, trying, you know, when rumors start coming around. Uh, and I'm not going to also pretend that I wasn't completely enamored by one yeah. crazy goal. Um, I just think he compliments. Oh, he's awesome. Yeah. I think him and Dembele, I think him and Dembele could compliment Lewandowski like really well. And I'm also... Yeah. I'm also terrified of just expecting Fati's going to be there. And I think like what mm -hmm. you said about bringing him in towards the middle a little bit more yeah, um, is probably the safe option. That being said, he's, he has moments like all the time when he's healthy, where you're wowed by him, obviously like he's he is not the most, I think he's the most like, and I realize you can't be most singular, you know, like if people want to get pedantic, but, um, but he is, I think the most special talent on like on this team really so you would say over Dembele you would think yeah I mean really? and, like, okay. that's that's not like that's not a slight you know because like no I, I, I just I, think yeah. he's that awesome <laughs> how <laughs> I just can't believe this is happening like I can't believe yeah. that a team that was basically fielding like I mean 12 months ago right our mm -hmm. front three was basically like <laughs> well you still had Fati but it was basically Fati Depay and uh friggin uh, Luke de Jong, right? Like that was <laughs> Man, like, look, I mean, <laughs> massive overachiever Luke de Jong. I mean, like seriously, like, like no shade to Luke de Jong. 2021, like, 22 hero Luke de Jong. <laughs> yeah. But now Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang is our backup striker. Yeah. Like we're what? basically begging Memphis to leave. Um, we, we can't get him to leave. He wants to stay, but like, okay, I guess it has to be wage bill stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah, because I guess, like, there's... So this is where I'm getting a little bit weird. So, like, yeah, I guess they have to still lower some costs, I guess, on the wage bill to be I able didn't to think he was making that much guys. money, though. Well, the, see, that's what I also wonder. Like, and look, I'm, I'm, I'm admittedly a little bit ignorant on this, and I need to kind of learn it a little bit more but i don't understand how like you just raked in this like half a billion and like the 
like whatever i don't i don't even know how it, what he's getting in salary but like the 5 million or 6 million or whatever you're paying to to memphis is going to just sort of flummox the whole thing so you actually you you're right on course so depay signed in the summer of 2021 uh while he was initially offered a contract worth this is from a website called soccersouls.com. Okay. So I have okay. no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. Um, he was initially offered around $7 million plus add-ons. Uh, he then agreed to a 30% salary cut to help register him for the season. So dude hadn't even played a game for them and agreed to a salary cut. So I think he's around Look five to six million right now. playing the hits, man. <laughs> dude, I mean, the, okay, Barcelona is way more appealing than I thought it was because... Here's the thing. He already took one pay cut, and now he's not even like he's not even close to a guaranteed starter. He won't start. Unless he's not even like a rotation game. player at this um, point. I mean, like the way they're talking about him. But like, I, I guess if you if he wants to stay, why would you not want Memphis Depay just like as a backup guy if he just wants to hang out? You and know, have fun? Like, I, I do kind of wonder that sometimes. <laughs> I'm like, well, uh, plus you, you know, have Fati and, like and the... Dembele that tend to get hurt, so you know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Look, I, I don't know why like they're so I don't know insistent or adamant about trying to trying to run him out. Um, like if anything, I mean he's been like he's been a good player, and you know in the in the early part of last season, you know under the the really sort of grim like late stage Kuman days, like he was the he was kind of the only fight that they had on the pitch you know like he was really like he was gutting some stuff out for them yeah um okay last thing i wanted to hit on before we talk about what you're working on um uh jules kunde what are we getting with him that you know of because it could also be a lead situation i haven't seen i haven't recognized him play once except for when he was at you know, like the two yeah i mean so that's kind of the thing i mean i've, I've done a little bit of like uh youtube sleuthing and like but um, i i have to admit i'm i'm not super smart on what jules kunde brings to the table i mean just like little bits that i've read and like little bits that i've watched i mean it sounds like he is you know kind of this i don't know if like a platonic ideal but he he sounds like he's a pretty ideal center back for what barcelona want to do and i guess he might I don't know if, you know, I guess he, from what I've read, he would work well in a back three if that is the, if that is the chosen formation at a point in time. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm just, I'm going by like what smart people who know more about this than, than me that, are saying. Listen, that's how we do this podcast. Totally. That's the only reason I know anything. Yeah, and I mean, apparently he's really, really good. You know, I mean, it's just, yeah, like, we snatched him right from Chelsea. Like, I yeah. cannot believe that. Which I'm guessing that also might be why they don't want to, like, they want to make the whole Espiliqueta thing. Which, by the way, like, the the whole thing is like, I find it so strange that Cesar Espiliqueta is like the, I don't know, like he's like our last white whale in the transfer market. Like the the like the great cherry on. Well, we can't sign any other fullbacks, so we're just gonna go get the other old fullback that is still pretty good. Yeah. But it's like he's he's like our he's like the holy grail. Like we've done all of this, and it's like we refuse to consider any other fullback, but like we need Espediqueta. 
All right, I have one more, and this is a non-football thing that I have to bring up with you that I'm pretty disappointed uh, with you about, Um, and it's regarding a tweet you sent two days ago. Oh, dear. Uh, I'm from Detroit. I love the teal jerseys because they are retro, not because they are good-looking, but I'm still (laughs) offended by your comment. (laughs) You know, uh, (laughs) due respect, I I do apologize, but yeah, I, I can't get on board with those things. I mean, I love the old red and, you know, the... Yeah, traditional. Like, those those are the best ones. The white, like those, yes. The bad boy eras, yeah. yes. And then, even now, I think they look actually really good. I mean, just kind of all through the the Billups Ben, you know, the Billups Ben Wallace days. And like, here's the thing: red, white, and blue always a good color palette in America. You know what I'm what? saying? So, like, why wouldn't the teals just be alternatives? I hear you on that. At the yeah. same time, seeing Jaden Ivy in a teal jersey got me very excited. Okay. And uh, okay. I, I just don't want you raining on my parade anymore. I, I, I hear that. And also, like, I mean, I do still equate those teal jerseys with uh, sort of Pete Grant Hill. Well, and, yeah, when they were showing the highlight video, it was like, that's all they had was Grant Hill, because that's all that happened. <laughs> yeah. And so, like, I loved Pete Grant Hill a lot. So for that, I mean, I'll, I'll soften my stance on the, <laughs> on the teal jerseys. All right. Um, I have to wrap up. Tell us what you're working on before we leave. Uh, so let's see, I am currently uh, working on a La Liga preview, well, La Liga previews for both uh, Squawka and Urban Pitch. Uh, also for Urban Pitch, I'm probably going to be doing a sort of a look at good, bad and ugly, you know, new shirts and kits that are uh, getting rolled out for for this season. Where does the gold fit? The Oh, the Barcelona? Yeah. I'm I'm partial to the map of Barcelona that's like kind of in there. I I'm saying good. I am too. It took me a yeah. minute, but I'm actually kind of I actually kind of like them. I kind of had the same experience with the the home shirts too. The uh, they struck me as very strange, just like the 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 shoulder panels and then the the front and back being so distinctly different. Yeah, as long as you put the Manchester City uh, black and red in the bad Mm. category because, uh, one, it looks like Atlanta United. Two, I understand that there's industrial roots of Manchester that are red. Uh, Mm. Manchester's also red because of your your rival, and they just took the color, and it looks horrible. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, I can't imagine. Wasn't that the whole thing? It's like uh, Barca will never, you know, well, now they have the... they have the third kit this year, right? Like with the red and blue cross. Like, well, the the fifth lever is they're just going to release a Real Madrid kit that has a Barcelona patch just like stamped on it, <laughs> right? Because like, well, didn't they? That that's white, right? Because I saw one that kind of looked gray. I was like, oh, maybe they they shied away from, uh, you know, just going with a white shirt, which. That's like a sacrilege, right? I think it is. I think it is. All right. Yeah. Well, we and got so one other thing we'll actually I wanted work. to tell you, I uh, actually just turned in uh, for the September issue of the Blizzard um, another piece. I uh, basically got weird and uh, wrote like a, the concept was described as experimental. And uh, it's a few thousand words on Danny Alves and uh and I kind of got weird with it. So I'm, uh, when that comes out, I will uh, definitely pass it along. And, uh, it wouldn't be a proper Danny Alves article if it wasn't weird. So it has I'm to be weird. To yeah. That. I mean, and I, I kind of, you know, I, 
we can we can go after this but this is what i the realization that i came to as i was doing this kind of deep deep diving into like i mean real minutiae in his career and everything like that was um like there's a weird thing okay so messi is almost like by default every like barca fan of this generation's favorite player the same way like it was like okay fine magic johnson was your favorite laker from the 80s but then it's like you kind of had your own guy like i was a byron scott guy and whatever and I feel like Danny Alves, I might have just realized that I think he's my favorite player that almost has ever lived. Like, there is no, like, there's almost like no limit to the amount of joy it brings me to watch that guy play or celebrate or just kind of like goof off with teammates. No, I feel that. I feel that. All right. Well, we're looking forward to reading that. Emil, you joined us on short notice. I appreciate that. And uh, I'm looking forward to watching our team that is now fun again. I know on the pitch, it's going to be great. <laughs> like, I don't know how it all works in the, in the ledgers, but on the pitch, it's awesome. <laughs> we don't need to worry about that. All right, Amir, no, we we'll don't. talk soon. <laughs> Take care.